We often look at life as having a beginning and an end. We also often view ourselves as separate from all that is around us. But what if we were everything around us? What if we came from and were made from the exact same building blocks of the entire universe? Well, that would change what we see as the beginning and the end. Welcome to Dad, Can You Hear Me? On this show, we aim to push the boundaries of what we believe and why, and question if what we know of reality is nothing more than an illusion. Samad recently lost his father during the pandemic, which has led him to question the concepts of birth, death, the afterlife, and the meaning of our existence. We are excited to have you with us as we explore all the possibilities that are here right in front of us in this reality. This is the Dad Can You Hear Me podcast. Please welcome the hosts of the show, Samad, Evan, and Daniel. Got Ev up in here. Ev, what's going on, man? What's good? What's good? What's good? Man, man, I know you, you've been traveling, you know, hitting, hitting, yeah. the, sky, hitting the skies, man. It's, yeah. good, it's good to see you back, bro. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, man, welcome to another episode of Dad, Can You Hear Me? Um, podcast that explores consciousness, spirituality, unconditional love, and trying to solve the human problems. You know, the hu- human human problems that exist, you know what I'm saying? And Today, man, we got on the chat, got my man, Nate. Hey, what's going on? Nate is, is a good here. friend. Yeah, Nate's a good friend of mine, man, um, from college, bro. And um, he's a psychiatrist. And, um, you know, I'm going to let Nate talk about himself a little bit, introduce himself. But uh, we do want to say Black Lives Matter, even in psychiatry. So that's huge. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not saying that... I, there's not that many black psychiatrists. I just never really met any myself. And, um, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's just a pleasure to talk to one, you know, as we move into these new spaces where mental health is getting um, addressed on all levels. You know what I mean? So, all right. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Smart. Uh, thanks, man, for having me. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I didn't... Uh, when I left medical school, I went into radiology, not psychiatry. Um, I actually remember when I did my uh, rotation in psychiatry in med school, and I was talking to a classmate, and I said, man, psychiatry is pretty interesting, you know? And they're like, man, you know, stay focused, man. You, know, you want to be a therapist, you know? And I said, whoa, man, you know, it's a a medical specialty, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, no, they're like, man, you go to medical school for that, you know, and your board scores are pretty high. Pick something else. So it's really uh, mental health in general. It's not something that a lot of people aim for uh, in training, at least from you know where I came from. And back home, my family said the same thing. You know, like psychiatry, you know, it's counseling. You know, I'm like. No, it's actually a medical specialty. And so I went into radiology for three years. The residency is five years. Um, and then I, I went to the University of Minnesota after I left Howard. And I was like, man, I hate this. And my mom was sick. She had cancer. And I'm like, mom, I hate this radiology stuff, man. Just, you know, I thought it was going to be cool. But it's pretty boring, you know. And so she's like, don't quit. Don't give up. 
and uh, she had you know cancer. Just ended up passing away uh, in 2008. That was my third year of residency. So uh, I took a leave then, and uh, pretty much decided that you know I hated radiology and I wasn't going to do it anymore. And so I switched to psychiatry, and uh, I love it, man. I you know I'm so glad that I was able to make this switch and uh, you know we really you know we're doing a better job of outreach in terms of you know the melanated community but uh, you know we still got a long way to go in terms of just improving the access to healthcare and just improving the education of our people so no doubt that's what's up and I got like I already spoke condolence to you to to you about your moms, man. I look like I said, I'm I'm six six months in with losing my pops, man, and that's why I want to explore like human consciousness because to me, my whole show is what's beyond reality. You know what I mean? We grow up and we only kind of condition it to make a judgment of what we see what's in front of you. And I, I, I agree with science. I like science a lot. But to me, science is ever evolving, but consciousness it's that inner knowing that's that goes beyond what we see is where all the you know everything lies. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. You know, well, even, the metaphysical, you know, like you know, uh, doing things on a metaphysical level, or the power to do something, you know, the power of the unseen, pretty much. You know, uh, not being able to physically touch it, but you know, have a relationship with. Um, something on a different level. And, you know, we could talk about, you know, the chakras and things, depending on, you know, what you study. Um, you know, it's it really deep. No, of course, because yeah. to me, as a psychiatrist, that's why it's ill. I mean, Ev, I'm not, not you sure if you're familiar, but like the chakra system, to me, like the chakra system is like the universe, right? And it's like some of these people right. that have like black chakras. Right. It might manifest as like schizophrenia or you're hearing voices or they're just vibration. You know, when you're younger, you're like, oh, this kid, this guy's crazy, man. He He's hearing voices. Right. He's he's taking his clothes right, off. Right, right. He's he's taking his clothes off on, on the middle of the bus. You feel what I'm saying? But like right. that so vibration, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't but, even teach us about this in medical school, though. They don't teach us about chakras. They don't teach us about this in planes, um, you know. You know, raising your energy, meeting something with the, you know, in the lower chakra, and the power of that, that comes, you know, from somewhere else, not from, you know, medical school or, you know, the institutional education. So, uh, but, you know, there's something that, you know, I had been studying on a little bit outside of, uh, you know, I wasn't, I was long past residency and everything before I even, really got into, um, you know, the science of, you know, basically the more science. Uh, you know, I studied that, and it really opened my eyes to a lot uh, that we're not really privy to on a regular basis. Sure, sure. I mean, I don't know, like, Ev, I don't know if, if what you think, but, like, as a doctor, man, I, I, I think we got some of the best doctors in the world, man, you know what I'm saying, here in America, and... I respect everything that you do, Nate, as a psychiatrist, man. But like you said, there's so much that's been untapped. And I think, like, the pandemic has shifted the consciousness to understanding 
you know, that there are things outside of our awareness that are influencing us. Because to me, the pandemic was a it is a raise in the consciousness, man, of the whole planet. You know what I mean? Right, like we're we're able to get a lot more in tune with the universe, just being as isolated as we were. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, we all went through some type of death process. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, even like, yeah. even if you, even if you didn't have somebody that physically died, we all died somehow. We weren't, we couldn't right. connect with people. Right. We iso- we was isolated, and right. So what do they teach us? What do they tell us to do? You know, go home, get inside. Exactly, home Stay in the house. Stay, right, Don't exactly. Come outside. Wear a mask right. if you're gonna come outside. Right. So all of these things are, you know. Uh, you know, you can say deprive you vitamin D. You know, we're social beings, so we're used to being uh, interactive, and you know, we isolate people, so you see a higher rate of depression, sure. anxiety, so forth. Uh, access to care, like people that weren't really getting the best healthcare before, it got even worse. Uh, we have something called actings, right? Uh, Assertive community treatment team. So they, you know, it'll be like a doctor, a nurse, social worker, and they would go out to different patients and, you know, they know where they stay, what it'd be like, you know, public housing or a homeless shelter, but they knew where to find them. And they go there and make sure they give them a shot and do all that. But with COVID, you know, they get even less access to care. And so you see a lot of that come into the emergency department uh, it shows up differently like it shows up like man they're really not taking care of themselves and you know they're really gonna decline further uh, so yeah but hopefully we we can see some change um, I, you know, I'm not sure the latest numbers but I know that we're far from where we were last year so. yeah I mean I think that's the part that I that you know, my own consciousness is like, you know what I mean. Like we're all, we're always progressing, and you know we went through the the shadow of death, and now we're coming out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know what I mean? Constantly evolving, and I think we were like really forced into evolution. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the thing. Like evolution was hidden from us. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we've always been evolving, but like we we've, we've been stuck in evolution of not not understanding. You know that. You know, we kind of was under the illusion that everything was in the universe was still. Now we finally seen the universe for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're forced to. Right. Yeah, we're forced to. Like, we never, you know, that's the thing in life, man. Like, now we can, you know what I mean? Like, all these band-aids have been ripped off everywhere you see because it was like the consciousness of where we were was we were, you know, we're Americans. We ignore things. We only, we only focus on what's in front of us, and that's not really how... The world is designed. The earth literally moves around the sun. It's interesting. It's like we were we were sheltered when we were outside versus when we were inside right. we were sheltered. We actually were sheltering our minds more by like being like conformist almost and just kind of going with the flow. No, sure. Not necessarily like exploring our own mind. No, you're right, because we were sheltered because we were we were we were distracted by the art of being busy. Yeah. Yeah. Doing yeah. stuff. And that can inhibit mental growth. You know, and, you know <laughs> I don't know, like, you know, the, the fact that we were distracted, uh, I agree with that. And some would argue that, you know, it, you know, there's 
that was just by design, I guess. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in coincidence, right? Neither, um, yeah, definitely. Coincidence, you know, it's like, hey, you know, it's just coincidence. No, coincidence just means you don't, you can't see the association. Uh, to me, right? You know, sure, so no, exactly. to me, so everything, you know, science was, you know, everything had every reaction has the opposite and equal reaction, right? Sure. So you know, something happened. Well, it's not by coincidence, you know, something else had to affect it. Sure, and sure. you know nothing changes by itself. So, sure. so it's I don't know some things we check off and say hey this black coincidence or this or that, but um, it's been you know some pretty nefarious things that have occurred to our community for sure. Mm-hmm. So no, you're right. And of, I, I think you know, it, I, I think know. it's like a human human trait to just jump to the fact. Oh, you know, well, I hear these things right now. It, China maybe was it was it was something that Doctor Fauci uh, ignored the email and maybe it was you know it started in a lab and, and maybe all that is true right maybe but like you know what I mean but yeah. like the thing is like it still happened at the right time like like especially right. for me a person who been on the spiritual thing since my dad uh, passed like I, I've been knee deep in this thing bro and it, and the fact that on a spiritual level that coronavirus originated from a bat has so much meaning like people don't even understand even if it it was the fact they picked a bat literally bats are nocturnal and they're and they are they only come out at night they represent death and rebirth so it's kind of like you know what i mean like even if this was a homemade thing the fact that they picked a bat is not a coincidence in the universe Right. You know what I mean? Because bats, it's what it represents. Yeah. Yeah, it's what it represents. Like there's, there's nothing. There's always symbols in, in life, bro. Like yeah, it's not. <laughs> it wasn't a coincidence. Man. It's, yeah. it's never a coincidence. Cause you start to realize, like throughout history, disaster is always what gets all of us on the same page. Exactly. And that's when we all start to wake up and think, like, if you can look at stuff bigger than you, right, you'll get a lot more in touch with the universe. You'll you'll find like growths and spurts and men- your sure. mental health and in healing that, just like looking at things a lot bigger than you. And it's always like disaster where everyone gets on the same page, works together, stops pointing fingers and thinking about a bunch of frivolous bullshit that gets people's heads in a you know a no, spin. I guess it's facts because that's, that's what the universe wants, man. It wants us to all work together, man. But um. Yeah, Nate. I, I, well, they want us to work together. Get these shots and arms. You guys got a, a vaccine already? I did. I did as well. You got it. Which one did you get? I got um, I got the one shot, Johnson Johnson. Johnson Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, I got Pfizer. I'm still waiting on my superpowers, but nothing yet. I'm saying. <laughs> you all waiting for the second one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get it, man. Oh, really? I'm not no. gonna get it. Mm-mm, no. At least not not right now. Um, I got I actually got the coronavirus last March. Really? Uh, like right when it came out. Wow. I went to Chicago. Uh, and my fiance. Well, not yet. But, you know, one day <laughs> we went to Chicago for the All Star game, mm-hmm. and we came back, and then I was cool for a few days, and then uh, we went out. I came on. I was like, man. You know, I had a little cough, and uh, I think we're about to do a hookah or something. And uh, I coughed, 
And her girl looked at me like, you okay? <laughs> and I said, yo, yeah, I'm good. Man, I wasn't good, man. Uh, like that night and then the next morning, I couldn't breathe really. I was like having to focus to breathe. Like I just knew that um, this is before people were really born flooding the hospitals and mm-hmm. being on ventilators and everything. I just knew that I had to control my breathing. <clears throat> and so uh, my girl was with me. Uh, she, every night I had like really hot fevers. She described it. She's like, you were going through the fire or something every night. But no, it took about four days or so and I was all right. Um, I, I take pretty good care of myself. You know, I'm vegan. I take vitamins, um, and so I—I I really think that um, you know I—I can—I had—I got the flu shot just because I had to for my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unless it's mandated, I just don't see myself getting it right now. You think? Um, no. You think? But you, since you had it, you think your body probably has antibodies already? Maybe. And worst worst case scenario. Um, I think I'll be all right. I was doing some pretty reckless stuff around that time. I was going out a lot, um, playing. I was play poker a lot. So you're in close space with smart people, you know. Yeah, right, and, right, right. Uh, So you know, back then I was, you know, so if I limit, you know, limit my contact. Now I'm pretty much in the house anyway. I got. Uh, I just had two two girls. I got twins. Now, uh, March 28th, they were born. I'm at home anyway most of the time. So I'm like, uh, I'll be all right. You know, they're not getting shot. <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> they're not approving it for babies. My girl was pregnant. So, you know, it wasn't recommended for pregnant, you know, people. So I just said, no, they're, they're not going to have it. I'm not getting it either. So, no, yeah. I feel but, that. I feel that. It's like, you know, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of unrest, you know, with just being vaccinated in general. But mm-hmm. uh, just how quickly things move, though, you know, for this vaccine. And sickle cell has been out. We've known about that for hundreds of years. Talk right? about it, man. We Talk can't do it. anything about that. Right. I, I just don't understand. It just I scratch my head, man. I don't know. But it's like we were not saying about coincidence. Man. You know, not it's not. It's not. It's, we, we know that this was, you know, a financial incentive, to, you know, to bring the, to speed up the vaccine. You know, COVID shut the economy down. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't give a fuck about AIDS and sickle cell and all that because the economy's always going to keep going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're never going to cure cancer. Like, they make too much money re- pretending to research it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, no, I think that's the thing, right? It's like, COVID is like the wake-up call for everybody to come to because even like sickle cell, you know, some people, you know, think, okay, you know, it's 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 a, only a disease that affects minorities, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, so it's like it's it's the urgency, I guess, is like when it's, when it's everyone's affected, you know what I mean? It affects the money, you know, your money and, you know, because literally people, the fact that there was the economy was shut down, like – a place like America is like they don't know what to do because their identity is connected to them making money. You know what I mean? No, they literally didn't know what to do. That's why they were storming the Capitol and doing a whole. Yeah, for sure. People are bored as hell. 
Yeah, right. And it's like they don't know, you know, the shift that's happening. They don't really know how to make the shift. It's like the world is changing. Yeah, in front man. It's you know, it's it looks like it's crashing, but man, the billionaires getting richer right now. Oh well, yeah, because like, we're uh, relying on them. You know, yeah. I mean, Amazon kept us. Well, I don't really know how true that is, but people are that relying on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, of course, these billionaire companies are gonna keep doing their thing. No, it's sure, tough, man. and they yeah. all and they always on it. And I think that's the thing people got to realize, man. Like, you know, the billionaires are always gonna get theirs, man. You know, we live on we live in a society that as human beings, you are reliant on these things, bro. Unless we go back in time and kind of like, you know, like some of the indigenous cultures that li- rely on nature and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we're these, there's always going to be money because Americans, we are so conditioned to depend on something other than ourselves. Yeah. So we always want to make somebody, somebody's always going to make money. We always got to get gas. Wow. We always got to use this, you know what I mean? We're, we're, yeah, it's like we're, a needs-based economy, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, especially. Yeah, we get to tune into, like, um, our, our ancestors, man. Tune into the Black Wall Street thing, you know? Yeah. Like, back then, you know, they damn sure were giving out grants and, you know, doing stuff for, you know, they had their own community. They had their own bank. They had their own helicopters. How were they able to do all that, you know? Um, I think that we really got to, you know, get, it's, it's in us. For sure, we just gotta, you know, uh, try to, you know, loosen some of the stuff that they, you know, hold their minds with. I mean, I think that's all it is, man. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's what you gotta do. It's all conditioning. It's like, yeah, turn the TV off. Yeah, you gotta turn your TV off. (laughs) Stop hanging with, you know, because what happens is, man, and it's like you think about it, you look at Black Wall Street, they had no choice but to evolve. They was in their own bubble, and through that bubble, they created their own resources. The problem is, like, yeah. a lot of time with us, we have so many distractions. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have yeah, there's no, yeah, double exactly. taps. Oh, that's divided us. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, exactly. You know there's no capacity. <laughs> like, the thing is, the, the thing that holds anybody back in this country, which is, like, is 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 the is, is, is comparison. Like, you know, you, you see rich people. You see this. It's like, oh, like, that always is the thing that's going to throw you off. Because to really build an empire, you really can't see anything other than what you're building. Once once you look at the other right. man's, you know what I'm saying, yeah. him cutting his grass, it, you already yeah. lost. You know what I'm saying? Right. You compare. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like we got to really just lock down and just see, you know, what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? And build around us, man. But that's one of those things, man. But... uh on another note, man, um, like I said, if anybody of our listeners checked our last episode, man, um, we definitely t- tapped into the whole psychedelic, um, you know what I'm saying, arena, man. But I know, Nate, we wanted you to talk about the whole ketamine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ketamine uh, actually was really a popular drug used uh, in the 60s and 70s, early 70s, like in Vietnam. It was a anesthetic. Well, it is still is an anesthetic. Uh, only problem was that uh, it wore off too fast, and so that's why it's not, you know, still used for that reason as an anesthetic now. It just wears off too quickly. Uh, but uh, they did some. Well, 
they were realizing that people that were getting ketamine, you know, they were reporting that their mood was better. Uh, and so, so much so that they started to do some studies on it. And I believe that started like in probably 2005, six. And, uh, you know, it's been out now as far as uh, us using it more for the trials, but it uses a different, well, it causes a different uh, neurotransmitter to be predominant in the brain, uh, glutamate. It's not one that you hear about often. You hear about dopamine, you hear about serotonin, uh, but there's also norepinephrine and there's glutamate. Uh, and uh, it's GABA as well. So there's different neurotransmitters that do different things, uh, but glutamate hasn't, it's the predominant neurotransmitter in our brain, but we just really don't, you know, utilize it a lot. And, uh, and you know, as far as using the ketamine, uh, it's really worked, you know, especially for people that uh, didn't respond to, like, you know, the typical antidepressants like uh, Prozac or Lexapro or something like that. Uh, and uh, we were, I, you know, I saw it was being used uh, as a intravenous infusion, but on a psychiatric ward, um, you know, we don't use a lot of needles, especially not indwelling needles that you can just rip out. So someone who rip it out and, you know, stab themselves in the, the neck if they're suicidal. So I knew that that wouldn't fly, but I'm like, well, what if we gave it like a shot? And so that's what we started doing, giving it a giving it as a intramuscular uh, injection. And uh, we even have a, a protocol for it now where we monitor the vital signs and everything. But it's been pretty... It's been pretty, uh, you know, I was, I was pretty surprised to see how effective it was. Uh, I would say um, about 75% uh, of the patients that I treated had at least a response, uh, if not, you know, they were not, if not, and if they weren't in remission, they were right on the edge of remission before they left the hospital. So it's something that we really need to explore more and so they've been exploring, you know, um, you know, psilocybin, you know, or ecstasy, you know, you know, there's different um, you know, um, medications that well different substances that weren't necessarily Medically used, but you know, recreationally, you know, we were using them, or people were using them, and so, uh, you know, it they, you know, they they had a uh, ecstasy, uh, ecstasy mediated therapy where you would give a patient uh, ecstasy, or you know, and then they would have, you know a, you know, reaction where they would be able to open up their mind or tap into, you know, deep-seated uh, concerns or conflicts they had. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. And I guess for our listeners, yeah. uh, ketamine, Nate, 
that's the drug that was in the, in the bodegas, like they call Special K, right? Right, right. Special K, yeah, on the street, yeah. They call it Special K. yeah. And so that's the thing, like it's you know it's something that's um, that's I guess you would say abused if you want to look at it like that. Yeah, if there's any evidence medication, then we say it's abused. Uh, if it's not taken for a medical quote-unquote reason, then it's abused. Uh, but there is something, uh, you know, to be said about the effect that it has on uh, depression, especially, you know, depression that, you know, can't be effectively treated with traditional antidepressants. So hmm. We still don't know exactly how you know, psilocybin or some of the other uh, medications or slash substances can help, but, uh, you know, right we're, we're studying more about, you know, exactly which neurotransmitters are involved and what has to happen in order for that cascade to occur in the brain. But uh, one patient that I gave the ketamine, uh, I remember... Uh, maybe the day the maximum the, the improvement was at his peak at about 36 to 48 hours and he was able to tell me he said at about 30 seconds about 30 to 45 seconds it was like an explosion in his brain hmm. and he said you know he, it was like an explosion and he could see it was like he was watching a movie, but it was his life. He didn't feel like he was in danger, per se. Um, and it's what people describe as like an out-of-body experience. Sure. Or the sure. medical word for the psychomimetic. Right, sure. Uh, but uh, it's thought that that reaction needs to occur in order for the maximal response to, to happen. So... Um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, we, you know, we, we're not sure about, you know, which all these neurotransmitters and all that, but we're learning, but, um, we know that the, the glutamate rushes in now. We just don't know is something being repaired, replenished, um, bad things move, you know, there's, there's a million questions from, you know, from that, that we, that we have, but you know, it's going to be time before we know exactly what's going on. No, I mean, is it the medical for you guys are doing a dope job, bro, moving, moving it forward and like always learning, man. So I don't know. I, I, you know, I definitely appreciate where I see mental health uh, awareness is going in the spiritual community. Though we see like that too. Like we see all that is like consciousness, man, out of body experiences and, you know, because in the spiritual right, in right. the spiritual world, man, the part of, of spirit is you're born mind, body, and soul. And the pro- the problem in life is when those three are split, and usually they're split through per- some type of perception, some type of trauma. That's why, like Jesus says, "I'm the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost." So basically, you know what I mean? Like these are the things. You know what I mean? Like these are the things that break that that. You know what I'm saying? That plane and like basically uh whenever that plane is broken, 
It's like that's when uh, problems arise because I see when I see what psychiatrists do in like the point of therapy is to bring you back bring to you centered. Yeah, it's to center you. Centered, you know what I'm saying? Uh, centered with that trinity that you were talking. Yeah, about. like yeah, right. They're trying to center you with that trinity. Like when you're the endorphins. Like I'm not a doctor, but I know that a lot of times you're trying to like center that person, like. A lot of times, I know with psychiatric medicine, people don't like it because they say that people look like zombies or they're, you know what I mean? But like that zombie state is actually stillness, you know what I'm saying? Like actually it's slowing that person down, you know what I'm saying? Or therapy is trying to get you balanced to a point where you, you realize that you're, you know, whatever the problems you had from childhood all letting this one, you know, no, you know what I'm saying, bring awareness to that, which would slow you down too. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all to get you back to your natural state, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think like these these outer body experiences and that even being like the most optimized response you can get from from psychotherapy? Do you think that makes them? At least I do. But do you think that makes them like a, a suitable replacement for like standard pharmaceuticals? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, if we can, you know, elicit the, you know, the positive responses, we have more, uh, you know, more control over, you know, what the medications do. Uh, we get able to mitigate, you know, all the side effects. And you know, bolster all the positive things, and yeah, I I say so. Uh, especially if you learn more about the the chemical background of the person, like you know, like I said, since the eighties, uh, we've been thinking, we've been really on this serotonin. It's called the monoamine theory. So. I don't mean, you know, like uh, serotonin or, you know, norepinephrine. You know, these are monomines, and that was, you know, uh, that was the theory that we had. And so it just doesn't seem like that that's a, um, it, it seems like that would be oversimplified, uh, because if, if that were true and we get some Prozac, then we, in four weeks, we should see them you know, improve for sure, right? Hmm. Right. see a lot of times they don't. And, uh, you know, if, if that seems like it's an oversimplified approach. And we're learning more if glutamate does uh, does help so much, then I think that it's time to revisit that. And so that's going to be a big blow to the pharmaceutical industry. But, you know, <laughs> seeing as though, like, you know, uh, Prozac is like one of the top, you know, pharmaceuticals overall, you know, not just in psychiatry, but just in general, it's up there. Uh, I think um, Lipitor for cholesterol, I think it's like the number one prescribed, you know, medicine. Uh, but it, it really would affect uh, the pharmaceutical industry, if it, you know, if we did re-examine how Sure. Uh, how some of these other substance, substances can help. Because um, we just, so, there's so much we don't know. So much. No, that's that's real. And, and that's interesting. 
Nate, let me ask you, being a, uh, a, Chica- a Chicago native, man, what you think about um, the legendary Kanye, Ye- Ye- man? You know what I'm saying? His, oh, his troubles. That, his, man. His that, body, you know what I'm saying? Bringing, yeah, see, he's bringing a lot of mental. Kanye, yeah. I miss the old Kanye, man. <laughs> he just needs a little kid. I remember yeah. when he had he got his chains, you know, Rockefeller, you know, I miss that guy, man. Um, you know, but it, you know, it's noteworthy that um, it's not like a conspiracy theory or it's not a rumor. He really does have a psychiatric condition and he doesn't, you know, like a lot of my patients, they don't like to take psychiatric meds, you know, because that kind of dampens some of their creativity or some of their, their drive. Uh, so a lot of times people with bipolar, when they're manic, they can do some ingenious things just because they're able to tap into different levels of consciousness, but at the same time, they can't. They can't control it, and it gets overboard. Then they end up spending a million dollars and, and wake wake up in Geneva, Switzerland. You know, I don't yeah. know. Right, <laughs> you know right, I mean? right, right, right. So right. that's a, that's the only thing about it. Uh, you gotta. It's hard to find that balance. Yeah. Now nah, you're right, man. I mean, you know, we've seen a lot of the greats, man, have suffered from some type. Right. You know, I know Mike Tyson had. He had both bipolar, and he had borderline. Mm-hmm. Dis- uh, Borderline disorder, I'm sure, you know what I'm saying. ODB even uh, had something going on, too. Didn't ODB have, like, some mild schizophrenia? Oh, yeah, yeah, ODB, yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some, you know, so, like, uh, you know, it's more Yeah, prevalent. we end up self-medicating a lot of times, you know, and, you know, instead of, you know, having people we can talk to, it, it's just, you know, the whole, the way that it's a big stigma, uh, in our community and so if people could talk then I think a lot of uh, tragedies tragedies could be prevented you know instead of people you know using substances to self-medicate you can get help you know therapy medication what have you whatever they you know combination they find that works uh, but, you know if we could at least you know, let people know that there's different things that we're looking at uh, as alternatives for the uh, traditional antidepressants. I think that would help because a lot of people have given up. Like, oh, I took that. No, I'm not. No, I don't need antidepressants. They don't help you anyway. That's not the right attitude. Uh, but I think that it's a renewed interest in, you know, learning about the, the the neurochemistry of depression and treatment. I think that that you know it. I'm you know I'm stoked about it. Uh, yeah, but you know I'm kind of a nerd on that. But, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it can be frustrating for people in our community, especially like just finding safe spaces to even be that vulnerable. You know, and like that's why we end up at least in our community, like finding the worst kinds of ways to medicate and just kind of keep it on right. wraps. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, who are you really going to talk to? You know, there's not a whole lot of Nates out there just like walking around. Right. You know yeah. Definitely. Dual diagnosis. 
that's what you know. So if you have already like a depression that you try to self-medicate with alcohol, well, we know that alcohol is a depressant in itself because alcohol causes a large amount of this neurotransmitter called GABA to flood the brain. And GABA is a depressant. It slows you down. If glutamate is like the gas pedal, or dopamine is the gas pedal, uh, the glutamate, I mean, the GABA would be the, the break. So whenever you drink, you slow down. It makes you sleepy. It, make, it might make you uh, turned up at first because it's disinhibiting you. But eventually, you're gonna, you're gonna slow down. And so, whenever you have depression and you pour, you know, alcohol in your brain and you flood it with, you know, all this inhibitory neurotransmitter, that causes an even worse depression. And that's what we call dual diagnosis. You know, it's like, uh, sometimes you see, if you see a patient that's an alcoholic, and they're also depressed. You, you might have to dig a little bit to find out what happened first. It's like the chicken or the egg. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what it is, too? I mean, I don't know if people are familiar with Dr. Gabe Mate. He's a big, uh, psych, you know, doctor, uh, you know, he, he's an addiction specialist. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing was like what we learned about addiction and depression was, was basically all wrong. He actually said there's no, it's not genetics like we thought. You know, it's not, it's not really environmental. It's relationships. It's relationship. It's all about how the person relationships to everything in their life, which triggers the genetics in the environment. You know what I mean? So like, so basically like your relationship to the outside world determines your your scale of mental health and mental illness, right? So if you have these developed poor relationships with looking at you know objects in your life or possessions, or you have a poor relationship with how you look at the world, you know what I'm saying? Like your mindset, like you know, you know what I'm saying? Like these are things that create chemicals in your mind that that actually send signals to your body. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like understanding like a lot of people think they're victims because mental illness is a disease. But his thing is like it's actually not a disease. It's actually a connection to your, like you said, your thoughts and attitudes and the relationship you have to things in your life. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, they say, oh, mental illness, and it that's not going to work. You know, like, no, you said uh, um, taking med- uh, antidepressants, it's not going to work. So at that at that point, that relationship you have to the advice that your doctor is giving you, there's all there's like a whole layers to that. A, you're not trusting the doctor. B, you're you're believing yourself more than maybe what the evidence is saying. You know what I'm saying? You already closed yourself off to to you know what I'm saying? Something that could be helping you. So like these are all relationships. You know what I mean? Happening at one time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, in in residency, when I was in training, I learned that uh, whenever you have a patient, you look at the biopsychosocial model, right? 
Right. And so what that means is biological, like, you know, what medical conditions do they have? Sure. Uh, what's their family history? Anything else make them more predisposed to, to a psychiatric condition or to anything else? Uh, then you look at the cycle, uh, you know, how was life born? You know, they just went through a divorce. Oh, shoot. You know, their mom died too. Okay, that's not good. Uh, family is not, there's a lot of family strife. That's not, so that person's not doing well in that, that sphere either. And then uh, the cycle, I guess the cycle and social kind of go hand in hand. Like, well, if you're going to do divorce, or if you've got a raise, if either of those things are happening, then that can affect your, you know, uh, your psyche and, you know, make you more upbeat, right? Or or downbeat, conversely. So if you look at all those things, then, you know, like it doesn't matter what medication I give you, if you're going through a divorce or your husband's beating the crap out of you or your wife's cheating on you, your, your kid, your daughter's pregnant and she's out here in the street, you're not going to be in a good mood either, right? Mm. And so that's what, that's kind of where I agree with Tamad, what, what, uh, what the guy was saying. Uh, you know, it, it's the social as well as the biological factors. And so that's why I always tell patients that you know, medications and therapy work better than either one along together. No, you know, them together. It's yeah. not what you're saying, therapy too. And medication, yeah. Because you think about it, man, and this is why it goes back to the earlier conversation me and Evan was having, that everything is connected, bro. Like, always. nothing happens accidentally. The fact that as a doctor you're right. saying biopsychosocial, that's no different than mind, body, soul. That's no different right. than Jesus right. saying right. Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Right. It's the Trinity. Yeah. yeah. It's However right. you look, the Trinity means completion. And each piece of that Trinity can have downstream effects on the others. Exactly. And it's, it's like, and we're conditioned to not look at the Trinity. We are, we're always conditioned to look at one third of it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know what I'm it saying? May, and it may be our design. <laughs> I right. always like to look at that, man. You know? Sure. Like, hmm, I wonder what makes that happen. You know, it's not coincidence. <laughs> no, you're right. And yeah. I, I think, I think design, yeah. I think the design is, you know, this is just me, Samad speaking for me. I think God designed it that way to make people learn. Right. Through, but through that learning, the, the sad part about learning, it always creates haves and the have nots. Yeah. Right. Because, it's, you know, we look at the world and we see haves and have nots. If it's race, if it's, you know what I'm saying? If it's, you know what I'm saying? Social class, the rich, the poor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, but like, even through learning, there's always a have, there's people that get it and the people that don't. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like the universe is is like uh, in in the in the book Course in Miracles, it said life is a classroom. You know what I mean? And every day you're learning, yeah. and it's like, yo, we all been in school. Some people just don't pass class, bro. <laughs> Some people are still in school. Some people are still in school. Like this is like life is is not as easy as the as TV made it when we was young. Yeah, it's a cold world, man. You know that. Uh, and school starts the minute you are in the womb. The first yep. school that we're in is in the womb. It's true. And, uh, you know, so depending on 
you know, what kind of, uh, you know, house, <laughs> so to speak, your, the mom was given, you know what I mean? That made affect, you know, uh, from, the, from the jump, you know what I mean? If she's putting stuff in the body, if she's getting abused, you know, all of that affects the kid from day one. Yeah, you know I mean? that's, no, that's, that's, that's a fact, bro. That's how we learn. No, you're right. Like you said, time time we're in the womb, bro. Like, (laughs) this is what I'm saying. Like, this is what I'm saying. Exactly, Nate. Like, in the womb, bro. Time you're in the womb, your learning starts. Yeah. And some people could say learning might even start in in the conceptual stage. So it's like, yo, this thing is deep, bro. Like, like we we were so conditioned to think learning starts, you know, I don't know, when the kid goes to school. No, bro. Learning's every day. When you're 18. Yeah, now you can start. Yeah. Like these, this is how we're conditioned, bro, and and that's why yeah. we're we struggle because we we want to play it safe and use our mind to make sense of all this stuff, bro. You, life is a little deeper than we think. You know what I mean? Like it's not like we we try to just you know get lazy and kind of just you know use our knee jerk reactions to make sense of this thing. This thing is a little more complex and why why wouldn't it be i mean you know what i'm saying nothing in life that is easy is is rewarding anyway you know what i'm saying yeah that's for sure right that's the bottom line see i'm saying late. yeah so like, look at my life man i'm mine i'm 40 i'm 43 man um like i just finished training in 2013 no yeah 2013 august 2013 so Eight, well, almost eight years ago, I was like, you know, in school, so to speak, or training, you know, all those years, man. You know, delayed gratification, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, delayed. That's delayed. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, I took a long route because I went to radiology and I did all that stuff, but uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, so. Sometimes we don't see the reason, but, you know, uh, maybe our ancestors did, you know, they're helping us. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think I think you got to look at it like that. I think that's the thing because it's like you, know, you said, man, yeah. it, it gives you meaning, man, because if you always need reason, bro, you it's going to lead to depression, bro. Some things, yeah. some things you know, you're never going to get it. Forever. Yeah, you're going to be searching forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not meant for you to know everything. Yeah, the, everything's not meant for you to know, and I think that's part of being like in the in the West in America. We got yeah. this entitlement. We need to understand everything. Like we want to see the top of the stairs, and you just got to worry about the next step in front of you. That's it, bro. Right, right. It's the next worry step, about the bro. About the fall over. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You walking about the top, right? <laughs> you about fall. Yeah. You about to bust your ass. Yeah, but you worrying right about the top, and that's the thing. We always. Want to know about the top? You know, we we idolize man getting to the finish line. And it's like, yo, bro, this is not even realistic. I mean, the more important lesson yeah. about life is that there is no top of the stairs. You just keep exactly just keep going. Yeah, exactly. Right. Life is a marathon. Is you know, there's not a definitive end at the end of the race. And that's the thing, man. And that's what we've been. Cause even my dad, bro, after he passed, with me, I look at like there is no death, bro. Yeah. Like I even the stuff I'm into, like. It's just forms, bro. Like, you say, yeah, because energy can't be, what is it, created or destroyed? destroyed. Just transforms. Just is. Just transforms. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Look at hip hop. Look how many forms it's transformed. Hasn't died. It's been some nasty forms out there. But it's it's been some nasty, yeah, right. (laughs) But it's not, it's not what, 
what we all think. It's so many different forms. Sure. But the, the essence of it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, bro, that's when you could be vibrant and be happy when you know there is no death, though. Nate, I was going to ask you, like, just speaking on, like, the whole conditioning thing and shifting your mindset, like, you went from radiology, which um, is a lot more, like, looking at things a little bit more tangibly and see, literally looking at someone or looking through the physical body and then, like, moving to psychiatry um, and kind of looking at the intangible and exploring, like, the complexities of the mind, like, what was that transition like and, like, what were, like, the more interesting discoveries you noticed in that transition from the tangible to the intangible? Well, for radiology, it's pretty competitive. Um, You know, it's uh, one of the uh, more competitive specialties. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, in doing all that, uh, you just had to have high scores. And I just, uh, one of my classmates said how her dad was a radiologist at Georgetown, and uh, so she hooked it up, and I went and shadowed him for a day or two, and he wrote me a, a great letter. He probably didn't deserve that letter, but anyway, I got him in, and, uh, and so it was kind of cutthroat, man. Um, you know, like the, you know, everybody's trying to, you know, shine on you or, you know, this or that. Especially, you know, you have, you have, you have the brown skin, you know, and it's the only one there like that. So it's yeah. it kind of like, uh, and then I didn't really, I thought that, uh, so going through medical school, all the time from I was about 10 or 11, I wanted to be a cardiologist. And so when I was at Howard, I saw the diabetes, high blood pressure, all this stuff, and, you know, it was the night, you know, we just weren't eating right. I'm like, man, you know, your legs about to get cut off now because you, know, you couldn't put down, you know, the salt or you couldn't put down the, you know, the, the sugar, the apple pie, whatever, you know, now your legs getting cut off. But I just was like, mm, I don't really want to do anything in internal medicine, cardiology. And so I didn't want to do OB. Um, you would think, like, as a male, heterosexual male, you'd be like, yeah, that'd be cool to see mm-hmm. all. But <laughs> it's not. It's a lot of problematic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of problematic people. You know what I mean? It's coming through. It's, it's not smelling good. It's not looking good. You know, a lot of stuff growing out of there, in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Stuff I didn't want to do that. didn't want to do pediatrics. Didn't want to do, you know, uh, you know, some of the other stuff. Surgery, I, I can't wake up. Man, to be honest, uh, when I sleep, I, I'm I'm knocked out, man. So I'm like, my worst fear is at two o'clock in the morning, I get paid and I can't get up to go do an emergency surgery or something, you know. So I'm like, I can't do that. Um, but then when I did my psychiatry rotation, I was like, wow. This stuff is like, wow, you know, you can be, it goes from studying schizophrenia, you know, where people are like so disorganized and, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, they say they have hallucinations, delusions, so forth, but that was really interesting. And then you can have depression, you can have bipolar, you can have mania. 
so all these different uh, conditions that was really intriguing just because for one we don't really understand it all the way and uh, it's still a lot more to learn there so that really piqued my interest and uh, like you know uh, but like I said I told my classmates you know I was like man you know uh, I like the psychiatrist you know like man get out of here with that man just you know you do anything else why would you pick that and so uh, I just want to say shout out to Dr. Lawson and Dr. Gore at Howard University. Uh, Dr. Lawson, I think, was on uh, some, he was on a special on, on TV, I think. Well, uh, I, remember Dr. Yeah, I remember Dr. Lawson, yeah. he was the main psychiatrist at the yeah. hospital, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, shout out to them because they're, uh, I never forget those guys, man, but um, you know, uh, and then so getting into psychiatry, I was like, man, this is you know where I'm supposed to be. Um, but you know, there was a reason why I didn't go by that psychiatry. Um, I'm just not gonna know it. <laughs> I just don't know. But I know that everything worked out well. I know that you know, um, I'm doing well. I, you know, I work at the hospital, get a, I'm employed there, and then I have all practice too. So, um, doing well. So, whatever the, whatever was in the cards, uh, you know, hey, you know, I just keep working. Whoever, yeah. Whoever's helping, keep working because uh, it's, it's going, it's going places. But that's where I am now. I'm trying to get uh, more. The, the COVID thing really slowed me down because I was, you know, really building a ketamine practice and, you know, no, you know, not being able to see patients in person or people being afraid to come out and, you know, and do the treatment because you can't do the treatment at home. You have to be in a doctor's office. So, um, you know, that really slowed me down, you know, but I just, you know, there's, hey, there's a reason for everything. Yeah, but I really want to get that out. Uh, you know, at this point, now that we're getting back open, uh, I really want to get the, the word out to you know the primary care doctors because they're on the front line. They you know they see a lot of patients before I get a chance to see them. So if they can kind of help, uh, you know, send them over. Especially if they're, you know, treatment resistance that they failed two or more antidepressants, then, you know, that's considered treatment resistant. Uh, and they can, you know, avoid trying three, four, five, six and just try this out. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm trying to do that. But uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the next thing right now. Um, but. Uh, I don't know if anybody doing anything with the psilocybin yet, but I'm sure they will be. Yeah, I think it's a matter of time. Yeah, I know there's something working on it, you know. <laughs> so I'm sure uh, it'll be something out soon. No doubt, no doubt. Let me ask you a question, bro. Like, so where do you where do you see the mental health arena going over the next ten years, bro? What happened? Okay. Where do you see uh, mental, the whole mental, uh, the the whole mental illness uh, arena? 
Where, where do you yeah. see that going in the next 10 years? Yeah, that's tough because, um, you know, like, this stuff has changed so much. We got so many people doing virtual appointments. Uh, people are starting to come back out in person, but, um, you know, and then we got people without health care. Uh, it, it's really hard to afford psychiatric care if you don't have insurance, you know, or you don't have resources. So that goes to the half and half knots again, you know. Um, and so if as things as there becomes more and more of a half and half half knots, um, I think there'll be more and more of a, a risk in terms of. Uh, untreated mental health in, in addition to the other medical conditions. Right, right, right. Yeah. Interesting, man. That's what's yeah. up, man. Well, I, I definitely want to see uh, where it goes in the next 10 years. I, I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, that uh, the way that it's going, um, you know, it's going to definitely move in the right direction, you know what I mean? You know, but... Oh, yeah. But, uh, I was trying to see where they were in that trial. Uh, they, yeah, they're trying. They were trying to fast track a medication. Uh, the FDA was that was a couple of years ago. I hadn't seen anything else. Um, no doubt. No yeah, because they were talking about the ketamine. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll be hearing about. It. You know, soon. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we got uh, pushed back a little bit. Right, right, right. Hmm. You think there's gonna be a, a surge, or maybe there already is, because I'm not involved in the field. But you think there's gonna be a surge of more um, just black professionals in like the mental health space? Like, I guess for a lot of you know young black men and women dealing with the shit, and maybe even older yeah. ones. Um, who are probably looking for that resource. You know, like, I'm sure pretty much every other person has, like, a, a white psychologist is, like, the standard. So, like, do you, do you think there's a surge incoming or perhaps already ongoing? In the surge of uh, people coming into psychiatry or you mean just in general? Just in just in psychiatry and the psycholo- uh, psychology field, I feel like, the people that look uh. I haven't, I haven't noticed any difference. Um, I haven't noticed any difference. Um, if unless we're getting more um, underrepresented, you know, into medical school, then I don't see it, you know, increasing just because that's the pot of, you know, you know, uh, if we have to go off, if you don't have, you know, if the the, the medical school if you only have like two or three out of every class, then you know the numbers will probably stay where they are. Uh, but I think we're doing a good job of uh, you know really uh, reaching out, and uh, you know I think the fact that people are seeing that we get these new medications, or that we're at least looking at other areas uh, of the brain, then I think that people, some people, will be turned onto it. I got you more. Yeah. You know, I think that 
the thing that turned a lot of people away was the fact that it didn't really seem like uh, anything was changing, but the fact that at least we have some new, you know, medications, new targets for the brain, uh, some new pathways that may open up a whole new uh, interest in psychiatry, you know. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll keep, uh, keep putting the word out and, uh, you know, making sure people know that we're doing good things. That's it. All you can do. That's, that's all you can do, man. But uh, Nate, we we we're coming up to the hour mark, man, and we just want to appreciate, man, you getting on the call with us, bro, and coming through to the Dad Can You Hear Me podcast, bro. You know what I mean? Appreciate it. Yeah, and, and um, I went through. Um, there's a book that I read. We're talking about consciousness. Uh, there's a book that I read a couple of years ago. My girl put me on it. It's called um, The Four Agreements. Have you guys read that? Yep, I read I it. Heard of that book? It's I read it. Yep. Great thing. Uh, super dope. I I think it's something good to read like once a year, uh, just because it really encapsulates all of you know like all of what life can throw at you. You no, know, right, be right, impeccable right. with the word. Yep. Never judge. Don't do your be your, uh, do, do, always, do your best. Do your best. Do your best. So that kind of like does everything, and it. I know that sounds like simple, you know, how I just some like four points, but it's way deeper than that. Yeah, well, and, the thing uh, is, I think uh, every human should read that book, man. <laughs> White, no, black, no, you're right. no, you're whatever right. you want to call it. I mean, you know what it is. Con- whenever you deal with consciousness, it's like, uh, yeah, consciousness goes beyond the human experience. So it's like you can't rationalize conscious. Consciousness is the stream. Of the universe, so it's like, you know, books like four, you know, the four agreements is basically, you know, and the only way you can get to consciousness is through through self reflection. That's why, in the, right. that's why in the Bible, right. you know, what I'm saying they say God, God was made in you were made in the image of God, and they say know thyself. And you know, people don't really know understand self, it. Man. The self, knowledge yeah, knowledge that's self. yeah, knowledge itself, yeah, right, and self, and through through self recollect. That's why so many people through the pandemic. To go back to what we were saying earlier, have grown and become more in touch with themselves because you cannot understand yourself only through self-reflection. Like that's the way right. the world is designed. You know what I'm saying? It's designed for you to make mistakes and then look at yourself and clear out that don't, that doesn't fit. You know what I'm saying? And the, the things that fit stay with you, and the things that don't agree with you, it's like food. You know what I'm saying? Like life is like food. It's like things. Certain things don't agree with you. You know what I'm saying? You're not supposed to eat, and things that you like and agree and are healthy that you know give you, you know, saying energy and make you feel good. You stay with. It's like Abraham Hibbs talks about contrast. Like, you know, the contrast asks you to. You know, the contrast forces you to to, to ask, and then the law of attraction brings those things in. You know what I'm saying? Eat your mental vegetables yeah. for sure. Eat your eat your mental vegetables. That's all you're supposed to do, bro. Like, it's really it, man. It's really like a you know, life is really this. It's kind of like a game, bro. You know, it's like a game of understanding. You know what I mean? Knowledge, wisdom, right. and understanding. You know what I mean? Definitely. And and the knowledge, wisdom, understanding goes back to what Nate was saying in regards to biopsychosocial. You know what I'm saying? Mind, body, soul. Right. Like it's always a trinity. It's always connected. 
and you know, oh, you know what I'm saying. And I, I can go, I could go on for hours, like you know yeah, what I'm saying. I know, man. I'm glad you said the time limit on it. Yeah, because you know what I mean, like you know what I'm saying. It's like geometry, bro. Yeah, like I lose it. The circle's 360. You break yeah. down 360. The three, you know yeah. what I'm saying? In regard, man, everything is parallels for sure. Yeah, there's nothing but like nothing. Like basically, it's like, and it was funny when I was young. I thought a lot of shit was bullshit. Like people start talking about geometry and like, but like, like it goes back to what you're saying. Like when they designed school, it had to, there had to be some type of meaning behind every class that was picked, or why would we? You know what I mean? Why would we take these classes and they they mean nothing? Like. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people are like, oh, I don't need math. To me, math math is everything, bro. I mean, STEM pretty much is science, tech. Yeah, it's English. everything in life. Math was their way of rationalizing the universe. And- yeah, that's their way of rationalizing the universe. Every day you see a problem, that's algebra. You know what I mean? But, you know, this that's for another conversation. But, Nate, <laughs> we appreciate you coming through, bro. It's all it's, oh, it's, it's been all love, you know what I mean? Pleasure's mine, man. Hey, anytime. Let me know if you want me to come back. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Good looks, man. And uh, it's another episode of Dad. Can you hear me, man? And, and we out, man. Till next time. Later. Later.